0: Okay, Sam, welcome to the Jacobs podcast. Thanks, Sean, yeah, it's great to be here. Excellent, and um, first, listeners, I just must say that we are in um, some plush offices downtown at um, KPMG in Brisbane, and um, it's a welcome change, the last two interviews I've done in Brisbane pubs, so um, it's a bit bit of less banter, less chinking of glasses, and less cutlery. So, um, yeah, very nice settings here. First, Sam, um, as I mentioned in the intro, we're old water polo friends, and I know you've always been a keen piano player. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself, where you grew up, and where and what you studied. Yeah, I um, back to the beginning,
1: I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Brizzy, born and raised. Um, went to school here on the western side, and um, as you said, early on, got right into music. Um, Got into piano, guitar, thought I was gonna be the next Ben Folds, but yeah. um, <laughs> then I, uh, I discovered water polo. You yeah. know, I, I, yeah. I was always keen, always around the water as a kid. I remember my mum you know, shouting at me for an hour to get out of the surf or the pool. Yeah. Uh, so water polo, I just took to it like nothing else and played you know, with you and a heap of other mates for, for 10 years, probably longer. Um, best time of my life, really. Um, but then finished school, uh, went and did an engineering degree at UQ, uh, which was great um, didn 't really realize was what being an engineer meant, um, but worked as an engineer for a couple of years um, and did a master of applied finance pretty much at the same time um, was always interested in business and and commerce and and I, I I thought at the time you know an engineering degree of a finance masters would be a, a good combo for whatever I did mm-hmm. after that mm-hmm. um, yeah, got really into uh, Starting businesses early, I was always keen on just creating things on the side, and uh, and Scooter Tutor was was the first foray for me. Yeah, cool,
0: fantastic. Well, look, I think it's good that you weren't the next Ben Folds, uh, but because you've done some tremendous work, and like we mentioned with Scooter Tutor, and you know, from reading a lot about innovation, it's about or just any business startup, it doesn't matter what sector is, just seeing a gap. And um, when and how did you see the gap in tutoring services?
1: Yeah, so I, we started the business, a, a good friend of, of mine and myself, we were working together in a, another business and he had worked as a tutor himself right through uni and a really technical guy as an aeronautical engineer, mm-hmm. yeah. probably the smartest guy I know, and, yeah. and it started developing a bit of a platform to make it easy to manage a handful of tutors that he was working with. Yeah. And I was a, you know, a bit younger than him at the time. Uber was launching, I remember looking yeah. at it and thinking to myself, geez, this, this could be the next Uber for tutors, yeah, you know, and I think yeah. at that time, Uber was in the, in the headlights, you know, yeah. everyone was looking at it going, oh, how can we apply that kind of model to anything else, and yeah. so being young guys and, and sort of understanding a bit about tutoring, and, and Cam, a business par- partner, understanding a lot about tech and, and developing software, we thought we'd have a crack. Um, mm. So yeah. it's it's definitely been a long journey, but it, it sort of came out of just something that had been bubbling away. Um, a big behemoth tech company sure. launching in Australia, yeah. and then you know what? Let's have a crack.
0: Yeah, excellent. Now look, I know with um, just tell us a bit about Scooter Tutor now, like and how it's operating, how big the the actual um, you know company is, like where you've started and to what you've come to. Yep. Yeah. So we when we started out, it was. After work
1: every mm. day, you know, mm. we'd meet at Cam's place and uh, and just smash our heads together and come up yeah, with ideas. Awesome. And yeah. he'd be writing code, and I'd be, you know, <laughs> building a website or trying to engage with marketing people or something. So back then, it was very much hacking everything together on our own. Yeah. Um, we probably had ten tutors or twenty tutors in Brisbane that yeah. we just built a little network um, yeah. who were maybe teaching fifty kids, um, mm. primary school and high school mostly. Yep. Um, we then got really lucky that we, we convinced some of our friends and family uh, that we might be onto something and they gave us a little bit of money, not a lot, but we, we then put all of that, we essentially said to ourselves, all right, let's give ourselves six months. Yep. And if it works, it works, if it doesn't work, then at least we've had a, a good crack. Yep. Um, we grew rapidly over those six months, so we, we probably brought on 100 tutors in Brisbane um, and sort of business was going was growing really fast. Yep. Um, after that, we were lucky enough to convince some more people to invest in the company. Cool. Uh, and with that, we then grew sort of across Australia. And today we've, we employ about 280 odd tutors. Um, and we're sort of servicing you know, a few thousand families across Brisbane, Sydney, and Melbourne and, and surrounding areas.
0: Yeah, well, that's excellent growth. So just sort of 10, like a gaggle of 10 to 20 tutors, just informally through to now just under 300, that's pretty impressive. And, you know, across Australia, that's really good. Just back, Sam, on the point you mentioned about, um, you know, looking at, this is essentially the Uber of tutoring. You're connecting um, people. With Uber, you've seen, you know, like it was starting out at the same time, the sort of creeping compliance from government and how government sort of, and I always talk to, like, with friends about this, it's just amazing the capacity of governments to innovate themselves and also just regulate. And, you know, I remember when I caught my first Uber, when friends were starting to use Uber in Brisbane, it was very lightly and thinly regulated. And I was just thinking, gosh, how could government actually regulate this and now you've seen they've been able to do it there's the stickers on the cars um, third of the separate lanes at the airport um, the pull-in bays like it's very self-regulating in terms of other um, you know bus drivers and taxi drivers as well reporting people who don't you know use the there's all of these things that have sort of this creeping compliance have you guys experienced that with scooter tutor at all or has like has government had to play catch up with you on that front or yeah talk us through that that's yeah, it's,
1: it's an interesting area in, in tutoring particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, it is entirely an un- unregulated market still. Yeah. Um, and we've found, and we, we knew this early on, and I think everyone sort of knows this anecdotally, that y- you get a tutor and it's your brother's mate from yeah. school who's great at maths, and he might come around after school and, and yeah. mum will pay him 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, to us, that's our competition. Um, but what it means is that there's no real regulation around that sort of service delivery model. Mm -hmm. Um, Where there is um, quite tight control, and I think this is really important, is obviously tutors are are dealing with children, um, and so it's really rigid around having working with children checks and blue cards in Queensland, Mm. Um, and I think given it is such an important area, Mm. um, the government does have really good processes around that. Mm. Um, They're different in every state, So it's probably, it it might might be some area for improvement to centralise that Mm. database of of working with children um, compliance, Um, but the processes are really good. So as a tutor comes on board with our platform, we can very quickly go and see whether they've got a blue card, if they Mm. don't, the processes to go and get one are are quite good, Mm -hmm. Um, and then we're notified if there's any change to the blue card, um, when they need to update it or or it expires or anything like that. Yeah, excellent.
0: Fantastic. So um, in terms of, you know, looking at, you know, I know you said you'd give yourself six months and started out informally. Did you, you know, were you really, did you really think you were onto a winner? Did you ever see that you'd create something like this, like we mentioned, going from sort of 10 to 20 informal tutors to like a big network like this Australia wide? Could you see that vision when you, you were starting up on the sort of, um, you know, just out of the, out of the um, garage or on the back deck?
1: Yeah, we I think we we could see the potential in yeah. what we had, but I don't think like we still don't look at it as as a success yet. It's yeah. still there's still plenty of things for us to work on, there's still things that aren't efficient. Um so for us and I think it's some it, it is almost a level of blind um you yeah. know faith in the idea, but I think it's important to have a level of um, not being too blind to the fact that if you're going down the wrong path, being able to look at that and make adjustments as you go. Yeah. So that's been something that it, it's very hard to mm-hmm. keep doing that, but you yeah. always have to, like, we've got people around us to help keep us in check if we're going too far down the wrong direction. But yeah. um, it's been awesome to see the business grow. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think there's
0: still a lot of work to do. Yeah, no, fair enough. It's always one of those bits of advice that I... You know, well, like in my own career, for example, you sort of keep growing and you ascend to a new level and then it just invites greater responsibility. So you never really have a chance to sort of stop and check and go, oh, look, well, that's satisfying. That's really cool. Um, maybe just touch on the people around you that, that are able to keep you in check. Is that How does that sort of work?
1: That's been a big thing for us. So we, when we started, we were, you know, there was a couple of us 26, Mm 27-year-olds with an idea, uh, and then a a really big thing, and I think it it weighed down on us a bit, and I think it's something that other startup founders will face as they raise capital, and it's it's that idea of having other people's money. Mm. Um, That was difficult to adjust to, Mm. and we got to a point where we realised, you know, we don't really have any experience building a business from nothing. so we made a point of going and finding a, a you know an independent chairman to come and sit on our board, cool. um, and we've got a great network of investors that we we really thought let's actually yep. use those great people mm. to run ideas past and to yeah. actually hold us accountable Good. in a way. Yeah, um, yeah. Otherwise, you risk just running down in the wrong direction or, or not because you you're in it every day, yeah, you know, yeah, and it's really hard to lift up to that higher level yeah, yeah. if you yeah. if you just. So focused on the idea, yeah, sure, um, and so that's been really helpful. But yeah. it was—it definitely was a period of time where you just you're locked in and mm. you're going in one one direction, and it's important to try and get someone to bounce ideas off and lift up to that next level. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Look, we'll return to something on that a bit later, but I just wanted to um, look at education more broadly. Um, you know, one of the things i found from getting my own tutors back in primary school um, was that, you know, a tutor can only take you so far. You've got to really put in the legwork yourself. Did you actually use a tutor yourself? Or yeah. what have been your lessons out of, out of that about being able to, yes, get some help and assistance, but a lot of it really relies on that capacity to self-educate mm-hmm. too, which is really important?
1: Yeah, I, I'm a huge believer in self-education. Um, and I think given the way that the education system's going, you know, it's, it's, it's really easy to access learning materials, yeah. information online, but when it comes to tutoring, yeah, I, I did get a tutor um, for a period of time when I was, you know, struggling with maths in you yeah, know, so grade, yeah, year yeah, 11 yeah, and 12, yeah. um, and I think it's a, balance, it's a balancing act, you know, if, particularly in the market that we're teaching, which is primary school and high school, yeah. it's almost entirely the parents discretion to go and order that tutor um, and so sometimes we can see people take that a little bit too far um, but i think if it if it does get the, the the balancing act right i think by having that external tutoring support it can induce those you know those mindsets about all right it's not just about what i sit in at class and learn it's about i've, I've got to go and you know try and unlock these new avenues to learning or getting new experiences outside of of day-to-day school or work or uni or whatever it is Mm. um yeah but it's it's definitely a balancing act um and i think as education system continues to grow i think there are there are really good parallels that we can look at and we've definitely experienced from um, operating in the technology space Mm. and it's Something you see there, which is really really cool, is there's a level of collaboration um, and also sharing of information, which happens really freely and sort of naturally in uh, amongst developers in the yeah. development community, yeah. and that's starting to happen in education. And I think it's starting to happen in other other s- industries and sort of elements yeah. as well, yeah. where you're seeing unis online share mm-hmm. everything for yeah. free. You know, yeah. MIT and Harvard have this edX yeah. program, yeah. which is Entirely free sure. to go and access oh, yeah. things online, but yeah. I think, to your point, it's really important to foster those kind of mindsets early yeah. on. Yep,
0: yeah.
1: um, you know, teenage age kids can be quite tough with that kind of thing. Sure. So yeah, yeah, I don't have all the answers yeah, for it, yeah, but um, I yeah. think it's definitely important. Awesome.
0: Um, just in terms of. You know one of the things you know you talk a lot about innovation and you know startups and you're definitely in that space in that world i think there's a lot of, a lot of the time though we can miss that the a lot of the bread and butter fundamentals of vocations that are out there um you know it's if you can get very carried away just looking at things to think about, like it's just a future of high tech and widgets and gadgets and that kind of thing. Um, you talked a, b- a bit about other industries and looking at elements more broadly, but is, just, is there anything broader than technology or anything the vocational space that you think has a, you know, like that you could plug into? Is there anything like that or are you examining anything? Um,
1: well, I think there is an element of that, you know, people are looking at uh, innovation and they do have this idea that it's just software or mm. technology. Um, I think something that's been happening, you know, I, I heard someone, a really, really smart guy, very mm. successful businessman speak a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about, you know, he was building a software company back in the in sort of the early 2000s, and he mm. was like, S- the only thing that's changed is today we call that a startup, right but oh. back then it, it was a business, sure. and I think, yeah. It's it would be great if if people's sort of mindset switch away from the fact that it's a, it's just a startup because then you can unlock so many other areas mm. across sectors you know education government whatever it is yeah. um, innovation isn't just about building a piece of software mm. it could be anything as small as just solving a little process that takes place within an existing business and making that yep. faster cool. cheaper easier Fantastic. whatever it is
0: yeah. 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 Right, that's a brilliant point and it's something that I think just needs to be broadcast a lot more is, um, you know, it's just something that can happen in any, it's not just purely ruled by tech or any, anything like that, it's, it's as you say. So um, Sam, what are you up to, well, actually before we get to that, just um, what you're up to now and the latest sort of developments, is there anything you just want to say on education more broadly from your experiences in over the last few years?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's an extremely important aspect of, of society, like mm. in, in general. Um, I think it's really exciting that there are um, education providers, particularly at the university level, that are making their content freely accessible to anyone online. Um, I think it's t- it's tough, and I'm not a, you know, I've got no formal qualifications in education, but I think. Um, drawing on some of the things that we've seen in software around collaboration and sharing Mm. of information I think that those kinds of ideas result in really positive outcomes Um, you know over the last 20 years because of this fundamental idea of sharing information really freely Mm. we've we've seen rapid innovation across a whole heap of industries because of that Mm. and I think if there is a way that university or, or, or schools more particularly can sort of foster those ideas early on i yeah. think it's going to result in positive outcomes for for kids and and, and society more broadly mm-hmm. um but it's a tough one and i think it's always it's an evolving sort of beast um
0: yeah yeah, but, yeah sure yeah excellent and um so just moving now to sort of wrap up uh, sam what are your doing at the moment. I know that you're applying that sort of model to other areas. Tell us a bit about what uh, you're currently up to and uh, your thoughts there.
1: Yeah, so we, um, with the scooter tutor business, we had built a pretty cool piece of software that sits behind it. Mm -hmm. um, And it effectively allowed us to manage a really large workforce fairly easily. So 280 tutors, we've got an internal team of about three um, and that's quite a high volume turnover business Mm -hmm. um, with with teaching and then we had some interest early on and and my experience from um, previously being a management consultant was that there was an opportunity in the health sector uh, and Mm -hmm. particularly in aged care and disability huge change happening in those two sectors with deregulation over last year with aged care NDIS currently being rolled out now and so for the last two or 18 months or so we've been essentially redeveloping our core technology so that yeah. we could apply it to the health sector. Yeah. Um, and we're super excited by where yeah. that's going. It's still early days for yeah. us there, yeah. um, but we've got, some, we've got some, some customers in the industry who are pretty excited by what we're doing, and it's, it's just all about streamlining their existing processes, really. And you know, it just happens that we're doing it through this piece of technology, but it's allowing providers to operate more efficiently, Brilliant. and then at the end of the day, um, you know, get better care outcomes for their patients. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah.
0: Cool. And you touched on it throughout the interview. There's a couple of things, you know, around collaboration and sharing, um, staying disciplined. You're an example of, you know, giving yourself six months and then going, running hard at it. Um, those are all really good tips for just young entrepreneurs. Um, is there anything else you just want to share to other people out there, or other young people, or just anyone really starting their own business slash um, start
1: Yeah, I think... Persistence is definitely key. You know, it's there's going to be a lot of highs and lows. Um, it's definitely a roller coaster when you're, you're creating something on your own, um, whether that comes with investment or, or, or not. Um, you've got to be ready to just push through the highs and lows and you kind of, you live for the little wins, you know, mm. like for us you battle away at something for six months and then you, you have an awesome month where you get the results and you yeah. sort of got to savor those moments um, yeah. and yeah. remember them when things are, are tough. Sure. Um, but it's, it is it is a small element of that blind faith but you also need to be able to lift yourself out and go mm-hmm. all right, can I either see the long term goal here myself mm-hmm. or do I need to bring someone else in to just bounce ideas with and make sure that we are going in the right direction. Sure. Um, but overall, I think, and, and lots of other people say this, it's definitely not um, my original content, but I think the idea of thinking as early on as possible that you're creating a business mm-hmm. and and what, is it, what does it mean to run a business and, and what are the metrics that if you were a real business, big business, that you need to hit um, to make it work, then you need to be thinking about those things early on. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think I definitely see... A lot of early stage companies, um, you know, almost hide behind the word startup and mm. use that to, to not, or to spend more time worrying about other things that aren't, aren't as important. Yeah. Um, so again, a balancing act, but I, I like the idea of thinking about, you know, what are the fundamental things that you need to do as a business sure. um, for your customers
0: or your whoever yeah. it is. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Excellent. All right, well, thanks very much, Sam. That's some um, really good advice to round out with, and we really thank you for joining us on the Jacobs Podcast. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, it was great. Thank you, listeners. That wraps up another edition of the Jacobs Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed that interview with Sam Robertson of scooter I think there's some really important takeaways, and as he mentioned, uh, whenever we mention startup, uh, we're also meaning business as well. And there's a lot of generic lessons in there for just people on any project or looking to innovate any practice in any sector. And I really hope you got a few takeaways there. A reminder to please get in touch with me at seanjacobs.com.au if you have any feedback or any things that you'd like me to discover on or explore on future podcast episodes. And uh, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts or whatever medium you listen to The Jacobs Podcast on. Happy listening and until next time.